It's a Monday. Welcome into the 49ers Report live here on Chat Sports. I'm Chase Senior. No matter where you are, how you're tuned in, we appreciate all of you for making today's show a part of your day. A weird feeling on this Monday. It's not a victory Monday. It's a losing Monday. And it's a weird feeling because San Francisco had not lost a regular season game in 15 tries. That tied a franchise record. The last loss for this football organization in the regular season all the way back last year, right after they made that Christian McCaffrey trade, October 23rd of 2022. That's pretty crazy. It happened against the Kansas City Chiefs, and yesterday San Francisco losing a listless, sloppy, unfortunate game to the Cleveland Browns. And coming up on today's show, we're going to explain what went wrong against Cleveland. We're going to go through the latest injury news on some star players, including Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel, as well as Trent Williams. New updates just coming in moments ago on those three players. And then we'll round out with taking your questions. Because I'm sure a lot of you who did interact with us during that watch party yesterday have some things to say, has some things to ask, and pass along from the fan perspective. How do you get involved? It's very easy for you. Use the hashtag 49ers. Better yet, send in a super chat if you really want to support the program. First, though, I want you all to be honest with me. Are you concerned about the Niners after this loss? Give me a Y for yes or an N for no. Just trying to gauge the feedback here. This is also the poll question on today's show. 72% saying no, 28% saying yes on 205 votes and counting. So let me know here. I'm looking at the chat and, you know, it's kind of mixed feedback here. But a lot of people are still very confident in this football team. Joel Martinez, no. Ken said yes. Leland J, no. Richard Deere, no. Henry the Average Niner fan said no. Quinn Brady said hell no. Al Dog Pearson, no. Big Sky Y said yes. Byron Davis said yes. We'll, of course, dive into this and really explore it from every front coming up here in just a little while. Our live coverage today is presented by the best ticketing app and the only ticketing app that you should be using. It is Game Time. These are all of the benefits of the Game Time app. If you want to see this historic football team, if you want to check out the Golden State Warriors, go to the Major League Baseball playoff games, concerts, comedy shows, that and a whole lot more, you should be using game time here. Last-minute tickets and flash deals allowing you to walk inside the arena, walk inside the stadium with a really good seat while being able to save a lot of money. Best seats at the lowest price guaranteed. And you look ahead at what the Niners have here coming up on this schedule. They're going to be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in a couple of weeks. And they have a couple of really good games on the docket for this schedule here. And what I love about the Game Time app, you can see where you'll be sitting for the particular price point. And as you can see on the screen here, some of those flash deals where you can get some low ticket prices at very affordable prices. Here's what's also great. You sign up with the free download of this app, and then you use the promo code NINERSCHAT. You get $20 off your purchase as well. So lowest price guaranteed. Prices drop as the event gets closer. You don't just have to go to an NFL game. You can go to literally anything that you want. You simply search it on the app, and it will populate what you are looking for. Let's continue to get you ready for our live show here today. And what I want to talk about, just overall takeaways 
dissecting this loss to the Cleveland Browns. What went wrong? Why did it happen? Who's to blame? And really, I'll expand on this coming up, but the offense was inept yesterday. There's no doubt about it, partially because Brock Purdy had his worst and most inefficient game as a pro. Jim Schwartz owns Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is now 1-9 against a Jim Schwartz-led defense. That scheme, for whatever reason, gives Shanahan a lot of fits. The Niners got out-prepared. Cleveland did have some extra rest, but while they look like the fresher team, there's no excuse to be out-coached by that organization, considering how great I think the Niners can be here in 2023. And then lastly, you simply cannot lose a game to P.J. Walker when he's the starting quarterback on the other squad. San Francisco had plenty of opportunities to win this game despite making all of those mistakes, and they had to take that long trip back to the West Coast, and it's a bad loss for San Francisco that will leave a sour taste in their mouths. The good thing about football, though, you learn a lot from these losses. Hopefully, the Niners are going to be able to approach it in that same manner. The other bad thing about this game for San Francisco is the amount of injuries that they suffered in that game against the Browns. Three-star players now hurt, and coming up here in just a few moments, we have some injury updates on Debo Samuel's shoulder, Christian McCaffrey's oblique slash rib injury, as well as that Trent Williams ankle injury. We have some insight from some doctors that we're going to pass along here on the show. I do also want to ask you this. Who is to blame for the loss against the Cleveland Browns? Is it Kyle Shanahan? Is it Brock Purdy? Is it the rookie Jake Moody who missed two kicks, including that 41-yard game winner at the end of that football game? Type KSBM or JM. Let me know. Killer of Demons said Shanahan. Seth said Jake Moody. Words of Wisdom said Kyle. Drippy Sports said JM. Gotta be Moody from Leland J. It's Kyle Bro from Words of Wisdom. Shanahan. Moody from Joseph Kelly. Ernesto said Moody. No Brock Purdy's yet. Kurt Spain, Kyle Shanahan. Moody from Jarrell Green. Marlon Fisher said Shanahan. I think all from Big Sky Y. I think Big Sky Y is somebody he always likes to have an open mind here, and he can sprinkle the blame all over the place. I'm an open-minded guy as well. I appreciate you. Uh, if you want to get on the show here today, a couple of ways for you to do that. Use the hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat to get those questions answered. Trissy Trace on the ones and twos. You see how many comments come through the chat. So when you use hashtag 49ers, it allows him to filter all through the best questions. And then he's able to feature those on the show so that we could give you the best content possible. We have 250 people watching live and the official show hasn't even started yet. If you're ready to start the show. I want you to hit that thumbs up icon and like the video. We should be able to get to 100 likes here in the next one minute or so. Tell the algorithm that we're pumping out great content here on the show. More likes that we get, more people who come in here, the better that the show will be. And now we're 52 likes away from 100 likes. So continue to pepper that thumbs up icon, like the video. And if you're ready to talk about San Francisco, and show us some love, support the show for free, and hit that thumbs up icon. We're up to 66 likes. We need 34 more to get to that grand number of 100. Now we're up to 74. What's the next update going to be? I'm looking at the live tracker here. 
The Bang Bang Niner Gang always bringing the heat, making a statement. We're up to 79 likes, 253 people watching live, three segments coming your way today. Takeaways from that loss. We have some injury news, and then we'll be taking your questions as well. This is your go-to spot for daily shows on the Niners that are informative, entertaining, insightful, but also consistent year-round with coverage coming your way with more than a million and a half views over the last calendar month trying to get the two million views. You all help us make history, and we certainly appreciate that. Join the faithful family here at Chat Sports. Six likes away from 100, and then we're starting the show. We're two likes away from 100. Jarrell and Gina all hitting that thumbs up icon, liking the video. San Francisco. We just got past 100 likes. So the official show live on the San Francisco 49ers report is officially underway. Let's get it. Let's talk about this football team right now. As I let this first Niners loss of the 2023 season marinate, Two words come to mind, sloppy and unacceptable. That's really what that performance was on Sunday for the San Francisco 49ers. So coming up on today's show, we continue to dissect the Niners' loss to the Cleveland Browns, what it means moving forward, and what went wrong. First, though, I want to thank all of the faithful for your support. Our watch party against Cleveland garnered 147,000 views we picked up nearly 2,000 new subscribers, and we continue to get on that pursuit of 100,000 subs with that silver plaque coming from YouTube once we get there. We are less than 5,000 people away from reaching that milestone. If you want Niners shows every single day with opinions but also analysis, hit that subscribe button right now. So that first word, unacceptable sloppy, those are the two words, as I mentioned, off the rip. And first, you know, you talk about why this loss was unacceptable, and then we'll get into the nuances of this defeat for San Francisco at the hands of the Cleveland Browns. Number one, the offense was inept. So inept that it was arguably the worst game under head coach Kyle Shanahan since he became the head coach in 2017. The 215 yards of total offense, the least amount of yards under Shanahan since he was hired back in 2017. For Brock Purdy, he was on this unbelievable Cinderella run where his efficiency numbers were crazy. You look at some of those analytical charts, he's far in that right corner going into this game. He was due for a poor performance at some point. All quarterbacks have clunkers. And Brock Purdy had his against the Browns on Sunday. Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for Cleveland, owns Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan following this L one in nine against Jim Schwartz in his career for whatever reason. That wide nine and the Jim Schwartz scheme, as he's been a marquee defensive mind in this game for a really long time, matches up very well against what Shanahan likes to do and prioritizes on the offensive side of the football. What also bothers me and why it's unacceptable, the Niners got out-prepared. The Cleveland Browns did have a little bit of a rest advantage. They were coming off the bye week, but there's no excuse to come into that game working off the high of that Cowboys win and get out-prepared and out-coached. And then lastly, San Francisco lost to P.J. Walker, who wasn't even good enough to be Justin Fields' backup in Chicago. He's let loose. Cleveland scoops him up, and 
Dorian Thompson Robinson was the starter a couple of weeks ago prior to the bye for Cleveland. He played so poorly, they had to go to P.J. Walker. And I think it was a play where Cleveland didn't want to damage the confidence of their young quarterback. So they went with Walker, who's been a really solid backup in this league. But with the number one defense, in my opinion, in the NFL, you can't lose this game to P.J. Walker. More ugliness from this game. Kyle Shanahan, now 1-9 all-time against Jim Schwartz, as I mentioned. San Francisco with those 215 yards of offense, the fewest under Shanahan, 3.9 yards per play. And this is really what blows my mind because San Francisco, in the five games previous to this one, they were an explosive offense, especially through the air with Brock Purdy, who is number one in yards per attempt. San Francisco, 3.6 yards per pass against Cleveland as well. So the Browns really able to shut down San Francisco in every single phase. Outside of the opening script, the opening script is the opening drive that the Niners are able to game plan for and able to practice all throughout the week. It's about 15 plays usually. Not all coaches in the NFL have an opening script. Kyle Shanahan is one of the coaches that has it. Andy Reid does the same thing and has throughout his entire career with Philadelphia as well as Kansas City. But 49ers on that opening drive, they went 84 yards on five plays. They were all runs except for the shovel pass from Brock Purdy to Christian McCaffrey. After the Niners on the first drive of the game went 84 yards and scored that touchdown, they had 131 yards the rest of the game. That's crazy given how explosive, how dominant this Niners offense was. And you look at the numbers from what San Francisco did weeks one through five and what they accomplished against the Cleveland Browns. Going into that matchup in week six, San Francisco was averaging the second most points per game, third most yards. They were fifth and third down percentage, fourth in red zone percentage, and two in touchdowns per game at four against Cleveland. Points per game down from 33 to 17, yards down from 402 to 215, Third down, San Francisco went just 3 of 12. They were 2 of 3 in the red zone, but one of those gift-wrapped on the Jordan Mason touchdown run after the Diamador Lenore interception of P.J. Walker. Another thing, Niners intercepted P.J. Walker twice, and they still couldn't really capitalize on getting a victory here. And then their touchdowns cut in half as well from 4 to 2. So that's pretty telling and it's a good illustration of how much San Francisco struggled in that game against Cleveland. As part of this conversation, Brock Purdy was not good. His shakiest, most erratic, least efficient, and least accurate game as a pro. You go back and watch this game, he missed multiple throws. I give him credit for still putting the Niners in a position late driving them down the field against this really good defense. A Browns defense not enough people are giving Cleveland credit for because they're very, very good and they've caused fits for a lot of quarterbacks this year. But outside of that opening drive and then that last drive, Purdy was not good. 12 of 27, struggled to throw a slick and wet football. Yesterday was the first time where we really saw his lack of bazooka arm strength like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen has really bite him because it looked as though he could not drive the ball in the rain and in the wind. He only throws for 125 yards. He was under 100 for the game prior to that last drive. 
a touchdown and a pick, first interception of the year, and yards per completion, just 4.6. That right there is not good enough. Am I overly concerned about Brock Purdy moving forward? I'm not. I think that with all the weapons on this team, and also he was playing yesterday without a couple of marquee weapons, and Trent Williams was banged up after he got injured, still came back, but wasn't the same guy. Combined with the fact that you have Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, the Niners are going to get on track. I'm not worried about them peaking too early. Did they have a letdown game against Dallas? Yes. Did I make the argument that no great teams have a letdown? Yes, but it was a weird week in the NFL yesterday, and the Niners fell victim to that as well. So with that, we pop up today's poll question, and I want to hear from you in the comment section here. This is the pinned comment for today's show. Who's to blame? Is it Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, or Jake Moody, who we're about to talk about? You let me know down in the chat. If you want to go to a Niner game this year, you like going to any type of sporting event, Major League Baseball, college basketball, NBA season coming up around the corner, NHL, or you just like going to a comedy show or a concert like I do outside of sports, Game Time is the best ticketing app. Here's why. Last-minute tickets and flash deals. You can go to games, concerts, and more. It's an easy-to-use app. You can see the view from your seats for the price point of that seat, and you're guaranteed to get the lowest price using this app. The Niners have a couple of really good games coming up. You can go to a road game. You can go to a home game. And as you can see with the photos here, you see where you'll be sitting and the price point there. And if you want $20 off the faithful, we have you covered. We did a raffle giveaway during our Sunday watch party. If you downloaded the app and you sent me this screenshot right here where you get $20 off, we gave $50 away to one of our loyal viewers, you support the show, that's great. You also get to save money, which is great for you as well. We'll put this information down in the comment section and in the description of this video. We continue to move on. More takeaways from this loss against the Cleveland Browns. Is Jake Moody a problem? Up until last week, this past week, he was not a problem, but missed the game winner from 41, missed earlier from 54 yards out, and it was a rough day for the Jake Moody family. This is a guy who grew up in Michigan. He had a lot of family members go to Cleveland Brown Stadium in Cleveland. Here he was before the game with the Moody clan. That's a lot of family members and friends there. And their day was spoiled with Jake Moody missing an inexcusable kick. Now, Jake Moody isn't the lone reason why San Francisco is now 5-1, and one, suffering this loss against the Cleveland Browns. He's a big reason, though, why the Niners lost. And you can't push a 41-yard field goal with an opportunity to go to 6-0 after Brock Purdy drove the Niners right down the field against one of the best defenses in football and squander that opportunity. He was perfect going into Week 6. Hopefully this is just one bad game. I don't expect that San Francisco is going to make a move at kicker right now, but if struggles continue especially with a rookie, and a rookie costs you games when you're going all in to win a Super Bowl, you can't have Jake Moody as your kicker late in the year, pressure-packed environment in the playoffs if he continues to miss some of these big kicks because that then costs you your season potentially, and you can't afford that to happen. I don't care if he was a third-round pick. And the name that everybody continues to talk about and the name that we've talked about is Robbie Gold. We talked about him in the lead-up to the season, 
because Jake Moody had a really rocky preseason. Missed a couple of kicks, got iced by Josh McDaniels against the Raiders, again by Sean Payton, and he wasn't good, right? Should the 49ers call Robbie Gold? A lot of people have asked me about this. They can't afford to have a rookie kicker cost them, and Robbie Gold would not have missed that kick. Momentum on your side. Awful day for your football team. But despite turning it over, committing all those penalties, 12 for more than 100 yards, not playing your A game, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan struggling against Jim Schwartz, you still had an opportunity to win that football game. Jake Moody pushes that right, and 41 yards is a chip shot. Robbie Gold, on the other hand, he's clutch. Clutch is his middle name. He's good as gold, to use the Niner reference here. 29 for 29 in his playoff career for the Bears and the 49ers. He's available right now. He has said that he wants to play, and if Jake Moody continues to struggle, they might give Robbie Gold a call. What else I didn't like? Uncharacteristic sloppy play from San Francisco and some of their top players. Four drops combined from Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And during the watch party, we talked about this Ayuk drops. They cannot happen. He has all the potential to be a top 10 wide receiver in this league. All year, he's been one of the highest graded wide receivers in the NFL. He's been tremendous against the Browns. Bad game. Your big players have to step up in some of these tense moments. Ayuk didn't, and Debo, before he got injured, didn't either. Also, what's unacceptable, those aforementioned 12 penalties for more than 100 yards. Those penalties, unacceptable for this team with Super Bowl aspirations. And I'll tell you what, another concerning trend, the Niners last year, the Niners this year, continue to commit a lot of penalties on the road. Another point I want to talk about, where the hell was George Kittle? George Kittle, a week after having a hat trick against the Dallas Cowboys, what's up with this game plan? One reception, one yard on one target? How does that occur after how he carved up Dallas last week? What's a way for Brock Purdy to settle in when he's struggling to throw the football? Seam ball, out route, a route down the numbers, a little post route, a little corner route, and Kyle Shanahan didn't dial up any of those plays. And this is without Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. So you're without a couple of your top options, and without a couple of your top options, I think it's inexcusable for George Kittle to only have one catch for one yard on one target. Got to get him involved more. We saw that he's still in his prime against the Dallas Cowboys. I also want to see more from Jordan Mason and more of him. I want to see Kyle Shanahan use him more in this offensive system. And I think that Jordan Mason right now should be RB2 behind Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's getting beat up. Christian McCaffrey is getting used way too much. And I fear that when the Niners are in the thick of a playoff race or in the playoffs, Christian McCaffrey will have been used so much up until that point, he'll either be injured, banged up, not the same player, without the same juice. And the Niners have to have the long view here. This has to be the long play. That's why I'm not overly concerned about this loss. It's good to get this loss out of the way. You flush it, you move on, and you get better from it. But you have to be able to keep some of your marquee players healthy late in the year. And if you keep using Christian McCaffrey like this, we've seen the last two weeks, he's been banged up. Now he has that oblique. Jordan Mason is a quality running back. He's shown that every time he's gotten ample touches at this level. And I think right now, he's better than Elijah Mitchell because Elijah Mitchell doesn't look like the same dude. He looks slow, indecisive, and he's always injured. I understand that the officiating was awful too. 
And a lot of people were talking about that. I was talking about that during our watch party as well. Not just for the Niners game was the officiating a joke across the NFL. The officiating was horrendous. That call on Deshaun Gibson, bad. That extended the game. That gave the Browns an opportunity to win it, and it was a textbook hit from Deshaun Gibson. The receiver's up in the air. He's trying to dislodge the football. He goes a little bit low, and upon replay, it clearly was not a dirty hit. And then Charvarius Mooney Ward, that call on Amari Cooper, also awful on that fourth down. And then the intentional grounding call on P.J. Walker. I was arguing a little bit with Matthew Peterson, host of the Browns report. He said, yeah, that's clearly an intentional grounding. I just don't see how P.J. Walker took the snap. He looked left. And then as soon as he looked right, he's getting hit. He didn't even have opportunities to look to the right side to even throw that football. And you can see from that back angle, his arm gets hit. Ball starts to come out, and just because his arm is moving forward on a natural movement when you're running, trying to escape two pass rushers, the ball comes out, doesn't mean that that's an intentional grounding. If anything, if the officials see a quarterback throw in an area in which there is absolutely nobody close, and it looks something like a fumble, the defense should get the ball, and if San Francisco gets the ball, they're not going on the doorstep with opportunities to get points on the board before halftime to maybe swing the momentum in their favor on a day in which the momentum continued to favor the Cleveland Browns. At the end of the day, the 49ers missed Dre Greenlaw. They were missing Debo Samuel. They missed Christian McCaffrey as well as Trent Williams. They missed two field goals. They committed 12 penalties for more than 100 yards. They did not have a rest advantage, and they still almost won against one of the top defenses in the NFL. So those are reasons for optimism to end the show here today. So are you concerned about this Niners loss? Why for yes and for no? Another poll question for the faithful. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for all of your support. Matt Keller with the $5 Super Chat. Man, what a loss. Offense was atrocious, but the defense didn't do bad. What will it take to get back like we were under D'Amico Ryans? I think this defense has been as good as it was under D'Amico Ryans. Like, I'm not concerned about that at all. This loss, all on the offense, not on the defense at all. G-Code with the $2 Super Chat. TB12 won three Super Bowls because of Adam Vinatieri. Sign Robbie Gold. The thing with Robbie Gold, he might not have the leg for a deep kick. And, in fact, he has a pretty weak leg for a kick. And the Niners kind of moved on from him because of that reason, but also he wouldn't be able to kick the ball out of the end zone for a lot of these touchbacks. Touchback rules are now different. So you don't really need a kicker to boom the ball out of the end zone consistently. What I need from my kicker, make kicks, make clutch kicks. And I worry about that for Jake Moody. Rick Niles with the five. Those calls were bad, but should have never been in that situation. Exactly. You could talk about the officiating being bad. You can't blame the officiating for the Niners losing that football game. So continue to let us know, are you concerned about this Niners loss? Why for yes or N for no? I'm seeing yes. I'm seeing bad call from Kyle. I'll also say this, Kyle Shanahan's management at the end of the game for that field goal, I didn't like it. I thought they could have run another play, maybe even two. They had one timeout in the canister. Get some more yards. Make that field goal a little bit easier. Moody has to make it, though, from 41 yards out. Big Sky saying yes. Gina G saying no. Jeannie Wyatt saying yes. Jeannie, thanks for supporting the show. I saw that email that you had sent in, too, about the Game Time app. Roger Bennett saying no. Ken Dowson saying yes. 
John Wallace saying no. We have one more segment to get to, latest Niners injury news. A lot of you are here for that. And then we're going to answer your questions on the other side for our third segment. So start getting those questions in right now. Hashtag 49ers or Super Chat. Trace, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit different. How are the questions? Do we need more? How are the people doing? How are the viewers doing here? Some good ones coming in? All right, good stuff. Keep them coming. And, of course, we'll answer your Super Chats first as well. <laughs> Sneak Geeks 49, as Fred said, we needed this to humble us. Yeah, and, you know, again, when you suffer a loss like this, there's a lot to learn from it. I just don't think great teams should have trap games. You should bring your best every single week. And the Niners yesterday, they didn't look prepared, and they got outcoached. That, to me, is inexcusable. All right, coming up next here on the show, we have some injury updates on the three stars in the aftermath of that Browns loss. Continue to hit that thumbs up icon and like the video. Segment number two coming your way right now. The San Francisco 49ers have three star players who are hurt and their status going into Monday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings in a little bit of question as we're going to talk about Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Trent Williams on the program here today. With Debo, it's a shoulder injury. Christian McCaffrey, an oblique injury. And Trent Williams left the game, then came back with that ankle injury. This is the newest update that we just got here on the show. And it's coming in from Clayton Holloway, who covers the NFL for the NFL Network. Kyle Shanahan addressed the media, gave some injury updates on Christian McCaffrey on his oblique and rib injury, wide receiver Debo Samuel, who's dealing with that shoulder injury, and has some updates for all of these players, including Trent Williams as well. Christian McCaffrey currently having an MRI on Monday afternoon to determine the severity of that oblique injury here. And the oblique slash ribs, it's basically the same thing. So we'll see what happens with that MRI. Debo Samuel is going to be day-to-day. -day. And then Trent Williams, this is great news for San Francisco and for the best left tackle in the game, does not have a high ankle sprain. Usually those injuries can last a couple of weeks. Now we're going to go through some reports from doctors on this show to really give you good insight as to what these injuries mean. So stay tuned and get informed today. Let's start off with McCaffrey. Injured is oblique in this game. The oblique muscles that attach to the ribs. That's why we're kind of coining this as an oblique slash rib injury. The good news for McCaffrey, x-rays negative. That means that he does not have a fractured rib. A lot of us know about pro football doc, Dr. David Chow used to be the team doctor for the San Diego Chargers. He does not see this as a long-term injury, and he does doubt that Christian McCaffrey goes on IR, but if there's something in that MRI that reveals something that maybe the Niners didn't initially know or they can't find out until he gets an MRI, that's what determines how long he could be out or how quickly he could come back. Deepak Chona, also a medical doctor on Twitter, and he had this to say, we have two pieces of promising news. He was talking about this on the SF Niners podcast. One is that the average oblique strain is about a one-week injury. Most players return with a low-performance impact 
We don't know yet the severity of Christian McCaffrey's injury, but we do know that he tried to go back in after sustaining the injury. Of course, he wasn't really able to play at that point, but just the fact that he wasn't immediately ruled out does suggest that it's not on the highly severe end of the spectrum. So we'll probably have an MRI today, then we'll know a little bit more. But again, rare to have a big absence from this. So that's coming from the doctors here. Rare to have a long-standing absence. And if San Francisco is without Christian McCaffrey for a long period of time, that's really costly. And let me just say this about CMC. Like San Francisco, and this has been a talking point here on the show, they've been overusing him far too much. Jordan Mason needs to get more involved, and that's up to Kyle Shanahan to do that. I'll call him out for it. And Jordan Mason needs to get more carries to just take some of the workload off of McCaffrey's shoulders because through six games, this workload is not sustainable. You want McCaffrey to be close to 100% or as close to 100% as possible when the playoffs come around. And I just don't see how that's possible if you continue to use him this much through six games. He's a great special player, but he's playing a running back position and taking all of these big hits. As we've seen against the Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns, other teams are going out of their way to really hit him and hit him hard. 110 carries through six games, 553 yards, 23 catches, 177 yards, and nine total touchdowns. It's great that he's able to do that. It's not great that he's suffered these kind of nicks and knacks over the last couple of weeks. And if his usage like this continues, I just don't see how he's going to be able to stay healthy for a 17-game regular season. Again, hard to keep a player off the field when he's number one in the NFL in rushing yards and he can impact the passing game the way that he does. I think he's also a pretty underrated pass blocker too. 553 yards leading the NFL right now ahead of Zach Moss, Devon Achan, Kyron Williams, and DeAndre Swift. Because the Niners are banged up, I do want to ask you this. Sound off in the comments section. Can the Niners still beat the Vikings in prime time while hurt like this? For yes, like the video. For no, I want you to comment why. We'll get to Debo Samuel and Trent Williams coming up. First, though, let me tell you about the best ticketing app and the only app that you should be using if you're looking for tickets to go to a sporting event, a concert, a comedy show, that and a whole lot more. What makes Game Time the best ticketing app? Last-minute tickets and flash deals allowing you to save money, get in the door to see this great San Francisco 49ers team. You can go to games, concerts, and more. Myself, I'm a huge music fan, so I love going to concerts, and I've used the Game Time app for that as well as going to sporting events as well. It's very easy to use. What I love about it, you get views from the seats on the app, and it's the lowest price guaranteed. When I talk about the views from the seats, not only on the left side of your screen do you see the price point for the games this year for San Francisco, but then in that middle photo and then that photo to the right, you can see what you'll be seeing for the price point of where you'll be sitting. And speaking of prices, you save money by downloading the app for free, and all you have to do is plug in the promo code NINERSCHAT to save $20 off. So we're going to put this link in the comment section as well as in the description of this video. Game Time, proud sponsor for today's show. We appreciate them for the support and appreciate you if you support our show by downloading the Game Time app and using our promo code. So we hit the latest on Christian McCaffrey. Now let's get to the latest on Debo Samuel here. 
He left in the first quarter with a shoulder injury. X-rays negative. He left the game. It's hard to tell how or why he get he got injured. He had a couple of drops. So too did Brandon Ayuk. Had a couple of carries. I think the injury happened on one of those carries. Maybe both of the carries. But when he went into the tent on the sideline, it didn't look like he was in a lot of pain. And then when he walked to the locker room, which the broadcast showed, it didn't look like he was in a lot of pain. But something must have been nagging him with that shoulder injury. Once again, we go to Deepak Chona, who's a doctor, and relays a lot of this information on Twitter. There's also some reason for optimism with Debo. Had negative x-rays, and then the Niners' comments suggested that he will likely be fine in the relative near term. The most common situation here would be a mild AC joint sprain. We've seen a number of these this season. The average is about two weeks and most players would return with a mild performance hit. However, Debo Samuel has a history of playing through some minor injuries, so it wouldn't be all that surprising if he's out there this coming week. If he is, I would expect a mild dip to his performance. So with McCaffrey, with Debo, with Trent Williams, it's kind of looking like right now their status going into primetime against Minnesota, a little bit questionable. I think it also comes down to this. Does San Francisco believe that they can win this game without a couple of their marquee players who have all been all pros at some point in their career? Debo Samuel this year, looking like the 2021 Debo Samuel, who was an all pro. His yards per catch this year, second best of his career, that first best season coming in 2021, again, when he was the all pro and just a borderline MVP candidate this year. Dip in production over the last couple of games, but how about what he did against the New York Giants on Thursday night football? When Brandon Ayuk was out, 32 catches, uh, 32 targets, excuse me, 20 catches, 302 yards, and that average yards per catch at 15.1. He's been an explosive player, and of course, a lot of Niner fans are concerned about him. He signs this new contract. He's been injured pretty much every season of his career. Even in 2021, he missed a game or two because of injury, and the injuries continue to kind of linger on his resume for a player who plays really hard. You, of course, have some concerns about how he ages as a player because of his physical playing style. The 49ers against the Browns, in my opinion, merely just missed his presence for being on the field. Even when he doesn't have catches, even when he doesn't have carries, he impacts the game just with his motion and just with his presence. That poses a matchup problem for opposing defenses, and they always have to account for where he is. Without him and without Christian McCaffrey, Niners didn't really have a run game, and then they had to play a lot of Ray McLeod and Jawan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk, and that wide receiving core, a little bit depleted. And when you think about this receiving core, I wouldn't hate San Francisco making a move going into the NFL trade deadline to bring in some more depth pieces. Lastly, for Trent Williams, it is not a high ankle sprain. That's like the dreaded injury. Offensive linemen are able to come back soon because they're so tough, and Trent Williams decided to do that. He suffered these injuries with San Francisco as recently as last year. Pro football talk. He's most concerned about the Trent Williams injury. Right ankle got rolled up on. He struggled after that injury, especially going up against Miles Garrett. We'll break down some numbers here in a bit. And we also saw how Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle often went to that side. So Kyle Shanahan, in a way, and this is one of those like nuanced type of things that when you watch the film, maybe you realize the Niners' offense and Kyle Shanahan didn't call some plays because of 
Trent Williams being banged up, but Juice and Kittle were often in motion or just overall on that side to give Williams some help going up against Miles Garrett. And Pro Football Doc also saying that he thinks that Trent Williams, the most questionable going into this game Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings, high ankle sprains usually get more sore the day after, and this can be a multi-week injury. Luckily for Trent Williams, according to head coach Kyle Shanahan, he's able to avoid that. It looked like a textbook high ankle sprain with the player falling right into his ankle there, body weight looked ugly. Trent Williams did leave the stadium in a walking boot. Of course, that could be precautionary, but still something to monitor all throughout this week for the best left tackle in football. Jalen Moore has to play left tackle. That is not ideal. And those numbers that I teased a little bit ago about Trent Williams struggling against Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett won 31% of his pass rushing snaps against Trent Williams. That is the highest percentage given up by Trent Williams in his entire career. So Brock Purdy, one of his worst games of his career against the Browns. Kyle Shanahan, one of his worst games as a play caller in his head coaching career. And it doesn't help when Trent Williams is having a poor, poor, poor performance like that. And it didn't help with some of the injuries. I do like what Trent Williams said about this loss, though. And I do see this as potentially being a character-building loss for San Francisco. You know, Fred Warner said, we needed this loss. We needed to get humbled. And Williams, he was blunt. He was honest. He said, honestly, we probably didn't deserve to win that game, but it's a pretty good learning experience. We played really good defense. It's a dogfight. Obviously, we didn't come out on the side we wanted to, but honestly, this team could probably draw a lot from this game today. We had a rough start as an offense, but when we needed the plays at the end, we made them in the two-minute drive. We just came up a little bit short, and those are all facts right there from Trent Williams. So Debo Samuel with the shoulder, Christian McCaffrey with the oblique, and Trent Williams with the ankle. We're going to continue to keep you updated on those injuries and all injuries going into Monday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings. That's why you subscribe. If you have a question and you want to interact with me on social media, you can find me on X as well as Instagram at Chase underscore Senior. All right, I saw a $20 Super Chat come in a little bit ago. So we'll get to that here. Our Super Chat MVP so far today, Gene Washington. Let's go, Gene. Let's go, Gene. Let's go, Gene. Let's go, Gene. Good stuff right there, Gene. Thank you for that $20 donation. You're the man. It goes a long way in supporting the show. We're also 12 likes away from 200. We won't do our mailbag until we get the 200 likes. So for those of you who have liked the video, you're a real one. If you want to be a real one, like the video. Matt Keller with the $2 Super Chat. No one wants to talk about third and Jawan's catch. Uh, are you talking about the two-minute drive? Because that was a nice little throw from Brock Purdy to Juwan Jennings along that sideline. That was a big one for sure. And then Matt Keller, he said that earlier one, uh, talking about the law, saying that the offense was atrocious. So Matt Keller, you're always sending in those super chats during our live shows. You are the man. Six likes away from 200. Once we get there, we're going to be answering your questions here on the show. So use the hashtag 49ers. Better yet, send in a super chat to ask us anything. Recent commenter club, Brian, RSP, Matt Killer, uh, Joseph Kelly, as well as John Wallace. Gerald, Chase, I love the show, but you got to interact with the chat sometimes, not only the super chats. That's literally what I'm doing right now, and that's literally what we're about to do with our mailbag here, Gerald. 
So I'm glad that you love the show, but that's also why we do these mailbags during our live shows to not just answer Super Chats. So mailbag coming up. Two likes away from 200. You can first five. Yeah, take a couple questions real quick. I'll hop right into it. Drippy Sports. I see you using hashtag 49ers. Bulls Nation using hashtag 49ers. Black Mask. You know the defensive coordinator of the Browns is 8-1 against Kyle? No, he's not. Because now he's 9-1. That is Jim Schwartz after he beat Kyle Shanahan yesterday. Crazy Black Mask. Also, no Black Mask during the watch party yesterday. Where were you? Surprised to not see you there. We missed you. The people were asking about you, man. All right, mailbag coming up. This mailbag's going to be for our guy, Gerald Miller. Hopefully, he got one of his questions in. If he did, let's make sure we pop that up. All right, let's answer your questions right now. Today's San Francisco 49ers report is sponsored by RexMD, the number one leader in men's telehealth. You can see for yourself and save today at rexmd.com chat. We start off our mailbag with this question coming in from the faithful, and it's Matt Keller here. Man, what a loss against the Cleveland Browns. The offense was atrocious, but the defense didn't do all that bad. What will it take to get back to that level that the defense is playing at under D'Amico Ryans? Matt, I honestly have to say, I think the defense has been great this year. They've been one of the best defensive squads in points per game, yards allowed, and I think that this defense, there's not really a lot to worry about. How about the job that Randy Gregory did in his debut in a Niner uniform? I thought that he was really active. Javon Hargrave's kind of been silent over the last couple of weeks. It'd be great to see him get going. Nick Bosa got on the board with what was at the time a clutch sack of P.J. Walker. San Francisco, their defense came to play against Cleveland. To me, it's the offense that was awful in this game for the Niners, can we take a look at the numbers of what the Niners did after the opening drive? Because that was really telling for me. And I thought that this was going to be another blowout at the start of that football game on Sunday. Because San Francisco, working off that script from Kyle Shanahan, they went right down the field. After getting the opening kickoff, five play, 84-yard drive capped off by Christian McCaffrey's touchdown. His 15th straight game with the touchdown, by the way. After that, 131 yards the rest of the game. The defense was on the field a lot. The defense looked a little bit exhausted. They still came to play. They certainly missed Dre Greenlaw. But for me, Matt Keller, that loss comes down to the offense's inefficiency. G-Code Travels, $2 Super Chat. TB12 won three Super Bowls because of Adam Vinatieri. Sign Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold has never missed a kick in his playoff career with Chicago, with San Francisco. He is still out there. The move to move on from him never really made a lot of sense. The Niners have gone all in on 2023 with the moves that they made in free agency, with the moves that they have made so far up to this point in the regular season, bringing in a player like Randy Gregory. It's been rumored they could check in on some other marquee players as we approach the NFL trade deadline on October 31st. Yet they decided to go with a rookie kicker in the third round because they didn't want to pay Robbie Gold the money that he was demanding. You know what matters? If a kicker can make kicks while in the pressure cooker. Robbie Gold can do it, and right now, Jake Moody a little bit spotty. Would not be surprised if Robbie Gold finishes this year 
as the Niners kicker. I don't think it's going to happen right now, but maybe at some point if Jake Moody's struggles continue. Matt Keller with another five. What do you think of using Mason to the 50 and then CMC the rest of the way to punch it in through the red zone in the end zone? So I don't like that approach. I think that you just want to have a steady balance of two running backs, and I think the top two running backs on this team, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, does not look right. He doesn't look as explosive. He doesn't look as decisive. And maybe these injuries piling up over time, and maybe right now he's just not 100% healthy. He's trying to play a little bit dinged up to save his role on this football team. But use Christian McCaffrey like you do. He's an unbelievable weapon. But spell him at moments to let him get a breather because his usage is not sustainable for the rest of the year. You can use Jordan Mason on some short yardage. Kyle Shanahan used uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey a lot in some of these short yardage situations. So I think it's kind of a scenario-based type deal. I wouldn't approach it as up to the 50 and then inside the 50. It's different because when you're backed up at your own 20, your own 25, and you can have this explosive play to Christian McCaffrey on the ground or a little screen pass, you want to be able to use a special weapon like that. Before we continue to take more of your questions, today's 49ers report is sponsored by RexMD, the number one leader in men's telehealth, RexMD.com slash chat, 95% off. And if you use that link, you also get a free gift. Let's tell you more about RexMD's FDA-approved ED treatments because Look, let's face it, a lot of people are dealing with some issues out there when they enter the bedroom, and with RexMD, you don't have to worry about that any longer. Fellas, do you sometimes lack confidence in the bedroom? Do you wish that you could have a more fulfilling sex life? Well, you're not alone. That's why we're excited to tell you about RexMD, the online source for men's wellness. RexMD offers an easy and discreet way to get the medication you need for ED without having to visit a doctor's office. With just a few clicks, you can have your medication delivered straight to your door and at a fraction of the cost of traditional pharmacies. Their team of licensed physicians will work with you to find the right treatment plan, and their medication is made right here in the USA. So if you're ready to take control of your sex life and say goodbye to ED, head on over to rexmd.com chat and start your consultation today. Take advantage of their best deal they've ever offered and get up to 95% off with RexMD. A free gift also available with our exclusive link at rexmd.com chat. Who doesn't love free? We'll put that link in the comment section and in the description of this video. Our guide, Gerald Miller. I have ED after that 4th and 10 penalty. Yeah, Gerald, that's actually hilarious working off the Rex MD. A lot of us were feeling that way too. We were like, oh my gosh, you think that they're going to get off the field? And the officials, Rob San Francisco, officiating wasn't the reason why the Niners lost that game. Nor was Jake Moody. It was an all-around awful performance by San Francisco. Listless is a very good word. From the roster to the coaching staff, the preparation to the execution, the officials didn't help out all that much either. It felt as though they were trying to make this a game. Do we have that other one from Gerald Miller as well? We can get to that too. Most cap space in the league, but have a rookie kicker. Who knew that would come back to bite us? We literally talked about it all offseason, especially after that Raiders preseason loss when Josh McDaniels iced Jake Moody. And he missed two kicks and didn't just miss them. He missed them bad. And that's really what doesn't make a lot of sense, Gerald. Kicking is very important. I understand Robbie Gold's getting a little bit older. 
You want to start to try to groom a young kicker at some point. But do you want to groom a young kicker when you know that most likely you're going to be playing in some intense playoff games and you don't know if you have a kicker who's young, who's going to be able to do the job? Man, that grinds my gears. Bulls Nation, should San Francisco look into bringing in another running back or wide receiver with the Debo McCaffrey injuries out, in my opinion, James Robinson, as well as T.Y. Hilton? Um, I think there's better options out there than James Robinson and T.Y. Hilton. If the Niners really want to make a big splash, how about a Devontae Adams trade? You want to go a little bit lower? Uh, lower? How about a Hunter Renfro trade? Running back, Josh Jacobs, does that appeal to anybody out there? Expiring contract, you don't have to worry about him after this year. Saves Christian McCaffrey a little bit. You want to go lower tier, you could bring in a player like a James Conner. A Kenneth Gainwell for the Philadelphia Eagles isn't getting a lot of run because DeAndre Swift has emerged as their number one running back. Or you can just use Jordan Mason a little bit more. Elijah Mitchell just doesn't look right, though. And if McCaffrey goes down, then you're thin at that running back spot. So I would not rule out that move going into the NFL trade deadline. Trippy Sports, let's trade Moody and Hufanga for Justin Tucker. I would not trade Talanoa Hufanga for Justin Tucker. I know I just got done talking about the importance of having a legitimate kicker who's not scared of the moment, but I'm not trading him away uh, and sending away Talanoa Hufanga for Justin Tucker. Hufanga is a special player who's critical to this defense's success, and the Ravens aren't going to trade away Justin Tucker. They're a really good team, and they need a clutch kicker as well. Chualor, should we trade for a cornerback? Among all positions on this Niners roster, I think trading for a cornerback is the most realistic move that the Niners might make, and I think that they're doing their due diligence um, you know, they were looking at one of the corners for the Chicago Bears. I think that's a name to keep an eye out for Jalen Johnson. Patrick Sertan is obviously the name that, you know, I have like the heart emoji eyes when I talk about a player like that. A uh, Steven Nelson for the Houston Texans could be very, very affordable. Maybe Washington decides to sell. Let's wait to see over the next like two weeks what teams decide to sell. Jeremy Chin, he, he can play nickel. He can play safety. That's another player to kind of look out for as well. John Devon, I don't have money to donate, but currently sitting in the hospital diagnosed with cancer. Can I get a bang, bang, Niner gang chant, please? Dude, so my mom passed away from cancer in 2018. This is a subject matter that is very close to me. I want to send you prayers. I want to send you good vibes. I want to send you strength. I want to send you a quick recovery. Really appreciate you for watching the show. And look, when people can't donate to the show, it doesn't mean that you don't support the program. You watching, you commenting, you being a part of the program and getting that question in or that comment in, in this instance, that supports the show. Liking the video, subscribing, that supports the show for free. We appreciate all of it. And John, I hope that you're able to kick cancer's ass. I'll give you a San Francisco and a bang, bang, Niner gang. Continue that recovery, my guy. And please continue to check in here on the show. We care about you. For Corona, Moody was so nervous. What do you think is going to happen with his confidence? He kind of had that deer in the headlights type of look yesterday, and he pushed the 41-yarder. And what's so bothersome about that is that Brock Purdy did a great job of having a short mindset, a short memory. He drives the Niners down the field. He gets you into field goal range. And what happens? You know, he makes those good throws after having not done anything, zilch, since that first drive. 
And that was a moment of growth for Brock Purdy. We haven't seen him in that situation a lot where he has to come from behind, potential go-ahead, game-winning drive. Because San Francisco, while he's been the starter, 10-0 up until Sunday, they had been so dominant. So we got to see Brock Purdy facing some adversity. He didn't crumble. The unfortunate thing is Jake Moody did kind of crumble. His entire family was at Cleveland Brown Stadium, and it didn't end well for the Moody fam. Valen, I feel like the offensive line got hosed in the second half. Do we make a trade to get some depth? Man, uh, the offensive line was awful against Cleveland, and here's my issue with this team, and I've talked about this a lot as well. Last year, what happened against the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles? The Niners' offensive line got handled in the trenches. And going into this year, I needed the Niners and wanted the Niners to bulk up that offensive line. They didn't do it in the draft. They didn't do it in free agency. They're like in the bottom third, bottom half of offensive line spending. And in the playoffs, when they get deep, if they get deep, they're going to be going up against some really tough defenses and some really stout defensive lines like the Cleveland Browns have, like the Philadelphia Eagles have. And if you can't block and you can't pass protect and you can't open up lanes for your rushers like they could do yesterday, that's what will keep you from your ultimate goal. I'd love to see them address offensive line, but how many times do we see like a star right tackle traded at the NFL trade deadline? It doesn't happen a lot because teams always value offensive line play, sometimes more so than the uh, San Francisco 49ers, which is very, very frustrating. So are you concerned about the Niners? Are you concerned? Just give me a Y for yes or an N for no. Where is the fan base at going into week seven of the 2023 season?